0: Your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick, and this is Ordinary Sherpa, inspiring families to connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. I have a really fun. Aha moment today. I don't pay attention to the statistics of this podcast very often. But I went to log in today. And at the time of recording this, we have 49,392 downloads on this podcast, which means we will be celebrating 50,000 downloads with this episode when this episode launches. I don't get caught up in the numbers or the followers of the metrics very often. And so I just thought I'd look into this and offer some levity behind what this actually means. Ordinary Sherpa has been putting out podcasts weekly since November 2020, and in May 2021, we crossed 10,000 downloads, and that was like a big, fun celebration for me. Since January of 2022, we've had over 10,000 downloads, and we're averaging about 1,100 downloads per week. And I guess, you know, that's good. (laughs) I kind of laughed because, again, I haven't been paying attention to it, so I looked into it, and that's that's the top 20% of all podcasts. And even bigger is that Ordinary Sherpa has 91 written reviews. 90% of podcasts have less than 10 written reviews. So that kind of puts us in the top podcast. So yay, you guys, because all I do is put out weekly content, but you continue to listen and download and share. So thank you to everyone who has listened and download week after week. Thank you to those who are sharing it with friends and family. And thank you to those who have written a review. Congratulations. This is a milestone for all of you, I think, to celebrate because it shows that Ordinary Sherpa is reaching people and it's sticking. It's got stickiness figured out. If this is something and you realize, yes, I download, yes, I've shared it, but I haven't written a review I'm going to put a link in the show notes to try to get us to that 100 written reviews. That would be an awesome milestone. It just lets other podcasters, especially when I go on, see that this podcast, that Ordinary Sherpa's message is bringing value to its listeners. So if you would do that, go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review, and there's a tutorial to help you through that process. Today, I actually want to start out with a highlighting an email that I received from listener Susie, and I asked permission to share part of her email with all of you. She states, I just wanted to give you some positive feedback. I've been listening to your podcast along with Choose F.I. and Everyday Courage. I love your ideas validating small adventures such as eating with chopstick or cooking a meal using a recipe from another country. I also wanted to share some accidental adventures we have had in the last few months My husband has grown up near Boston and never really explored the area. Unfortunately, his mom is not doing well, and so we've been flying up from Florida once a month to visit. Being there more than an hour is exhausting for his mom. We go on adventures after our visit. This helps us de-stress and stay positive. Boston has so much history and culture, as well as a couple of casinos and state parks such as Walden Pond and unusual, off-the-beaten-path rock formations, I always dreamed of visiting the big stuff, you know, like Yellowstone, Yosemite, Grand Canyon. And of course, I still want to do these things and visit those places. But for now, we're having a great time figuring out which pub really does have the best clam chowder, eating dumplings in Chinatown and visiting many of the historical buildings, parks and graveyards that Boston has to offer. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a new perspective on this adventure. I used to think I was missing out on all these huge time expensive travels. And now I get to explore adventures without just skimming through and seeing what everyone else sees going on the next tourist trap. Thank you, Susie. This is just one great example. And I wanted to use this email and this feedback to really kick off the theme for this episode. Susie's email demonstrated to me the essence of untourism. If you haven't heard the story and kind of the origins behind On Tourism as a pillar for this podcast, I was working on lifestyle goals. I had achieved the salary and a title that I thought meant success. And I really was feeling like there was more to life, that I was really missing some metrics. And while I was in this process, I landed on a phrase that has stuck ever since that I really wanted every day to feel like vacation. And when I dug deeper into what does that actually mean, it didn't mean that I wanted to go on these luxury trips around the country or around the world. It didn't necessarily even mean that I wanted to go on a cruise or an all-inclusive resort. The thing that stuck for me about what happens on vacation is that it's a break from life, that we get to step back and enjoy each other, spend time together, exploring hidden gems and revealing things that we really weren't expecting. Initially, I thought I wanted to travel the world. And while I still want to do that, I'm less concerned now with the bucket list. And I actually am going to talk about the anti-bucket list here a little bit, because it's not necessarily about the place. It's more about how I want to feel. Vacation has a way of calming my brain, being more present with my kids and my husband, doing things together and creating new experiences and lasting memories. And that's how I wanted to feel. That spark led me to an adventurous lifestyle, which may or may not include travel, but I realized I don't need to travel 360 days a year to feel this way it really helped me decide I can do these things in my own backyard. I can discover things in my neighborhood or in my state. And Wisconsin is filled with gems. And I almost joke like I don't want to tell people about it because I don't want to become the next Idaho. (laughs) So because so many people think of a bucket list, I think it's driven by envy or FOMO. Just to give some background, there are actually, I'm going to give a lot of resources in the notes for this episode, but The Fear of Missing Out, or FOMO, was actually founded by Patrick McGinnis in 2004, and I learned more about this from Chris Hutchins. He had Patrick McGinnis on his podcast, All the Hacks, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes, but FOMO has become a commonplace in our language, and it officially became a word in the dictionary in 2014. The origin of the word came from Patrick's simple life in Maine to being thrust into the social setting as a business student at Harvard. His definition of FOMO is anxiety often fueled by social media based on a perception that others are having more beneficial experiences than you. The fear of being excluded from a beneficial collective experience. And often I see this where we are seeing an image of something online that's usually contrived, it's not necessarily even the reality of that experience, and it provokes these feelings of anxiety. The attention economy is designed to steal our attention, and when you use social media, just notice, how does it make you feel? Patrick went on to also, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but Patrick also coined a phrase, FOBO, F-O-B-O, which it stands for fear of a better option. And that often leads us into analysis paralysis or trying to make the right decision. I don't want to spend too much time about that, but I just wanted to like have a grasp on what do we actually mean when we're talking about FOMO. And it's this feeling of missing out, but it's based on a perception that others are having a more beneficial experience than you and you're kind of missing out on that collective experience. Ironically, kind of a haphazard term that I heard Paula Pant refer to in her Afford Anything episode, again, it's linked in the show notes, was JOMO. As a listener had called in talking about FOMO, and they were really talking about it more in the context of finances, but essentially she states that when you make a choice, you aren't really missing anything. You don't have this fear of missing out. You're just choosing to replace it with something else. So for example, someone might be traveling and I'm choosing to stay here, but I'm doing something else. I could choose to read. I could choose to go for a hike. I could choose to explore my hometown. I might even go out to dinner. So you're not necessarily missing it unless you're incoherent and you do absolutely nothing. You spend time doing something else instead. So Jomo is the joy of missing out. I think we often have a desire, but there's these internal scripts or these feelings that you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. And I think that's where you really want to lean into. As Paula stated, when she lets the heart lead and the mind executes, she has the greatest results. But often we think with our heads, with logic, and we let logic try to make those decisions. And that often produces the FOMO as instead of the JOMO. And I know her co-host, Joel Salcihi said, if you don't value it, then the thing you're missing out on isn't even an opportunity anyway. So I just kind of thought that was great backdrop over this episode as we talk about not just Untourism, but also Jomo or FOMO, you know, what is actually in it? What is it you really want and what is it you really value? I want to come back to this idea of Untourism. And the thing I began to feel when I was traveling is that when I would follow FOMO, often fueled by social media and the destination guiding my travel planning, the experience was almost always fell short of my expectations, meaning I had hyped up the thought or the perception that this thing, this experience, this destination was going to like make it. And I realized that's what people expect out of their bucket list. And part of the reason and the philosophy that I don't endorse a bucket list is that it actually kind of gives you false premise that when you achieve this thing, you'll have made it. And it's kind of like climbing the ladder and defining success by a title or by a salary range. And I just wanna challenge that perspective. A bucket list to me is a FOMO list of some perceived place that I wanna visit before I die. And I just would say like, how do you know? There are literally billions of places in this world. Most of them, I have no clue about. I've never heard of them. I don't think many of us have ever seen them. And yet we still decide what makes the list based on what someone tells us or a picture or some type of article that we see online. The only thing I think that is helpful about a bucket list is that reflective practice. Asking yourself questions like, what do I want out of this life? How am I advancing that goal today? You can still create a list of locations that you've heard about or you've seen, but I also just want you to come at it less from a place of envy and more from a place of curiosity. In the travel planning process, we still have lists, right? Of places, of things that we're curious about, But we want to make room for the flexible options that come at us. Do we allow people to make recommendations? Do we accept those recommendations from locals? Do we check in with ourselves and everyone else in the group to determine how are we actually feeling, as opposed to just kind of powering through because the itinerary says so? When we say yes to JOMO, we're also saying yes to being authentic to an untourism path that allows you to slow down and be present in the moment. And for me, that's where the greatest experience comes. That's when connection happens, is that when we're not so worried about what to do, but how to be. The greatest experiences I've had in my family are the places I've never heard of, where things turned out better than we expected, and usually we discovered them from a local or a connection we met along the way. I would imagine, much like Susie, many people have the Grand Canyon on their bucket list. Do you know that 4.51 million people visited the Grand Canyon last year? And according to an article, and I'll again, I'll link to this in the show notes, the typical visitor takes a brief look into the Grand Canyon. The typical stay lasts from five to seven hours. According to part surveys, the average time spent looking at the Grand Canyon is 17 minutes. And I think sometimes about all of the time and energy, spent on this planning this experience. And in reality, it's a 17 minute experience. Yet sometimes we have spent years, lifetimes, decades, wishing and dreaming and desiring this experience. And I'm not saying don't go to the Grand Canyon. What I'm saying is the idea of spending countless hours planning and driving the South Rim with three kids to get out of the car and stare at this magical wonder for 17 minutes, along with hundreds of thousands of other people, just doesn't sound like a vacation to me right now. I wanna create experiences that do more than check the box on a bucket list. I don't wanna be fueled by FOMO so that I can get an Instagram worthy location and fight for the perfect shot just to make others jealous. It's kind of why I've resisted the label as a travel writer or influencer because to me, it's not about the location. It's about creating experiences for connection through adventure. It's JOMO. It's the joy of missing out on what everyone else is doing. I don't want to be fueled by the perception of being excluded from a collective experience. I want to be in control of my thoughts and experiences. And I give a simple guide. If you have not already downloaded the beginner's guide to untourism, you can go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash untourism, and you'll see how traditional travel and bucket lists really fuel the hive mind of FOMO and the difference in JOMO and untourism principles. I thought I'd even dive deeper. This past week in our house was spring break. And as many of you know, my daughter kicked off 2022 with a severe biking accident, and spring break landed squarely 12 weeks post-op. The plan for spring break was to make full use of our kids' Colorado Pass, which is a discounted ski pass to a ton of different mountains out in Colorado, but my daughter just wasn't ready for that yet. And rather than change all of our plans, I decided, I should say we, collectively decided that the boys would go and the girls would stay home. And I don't think I've ever stayed home on spring break. So there was definitely a new uncomfortable experience just by staying home. And I needed to step into this and practice JOMO. So instead of feeling like I was missing out on something, I asked myself, what do I get to do this week? And I stepped into the nine-year-old version of myself. And I thought, what would nine-year-old Heidi remember? I really wanted to lean into that and emulate the nine-year-old version of joy. We ended up taking a two-hour hike to an enchanted forest to create a fort. We put on mud boots and walked through the hybrid of stream and ice and water. We rode a four-wheeler and she sat behind me with her eyes closed, her hands raised in the air, and imagining she was riding on a roller coaster. We met up with a group of friends and went indoor rock climbing. We made homemade ice cream from scratch. She slept in my bed as we read silently. And in the end, it was all these simple things that Jomo was actually a blessing. Staying home and finding a nine-year-old version of joy, at the end of the week, I was just so grateful for that one-on-one time that we spent together. My challenge for you this week is to do something that brings you joy, or Jomo. (laughs) What is it that helps you reframe the FOMO? If you find yourself feeling jealous that someone else is off on some elaborate vacation, lean into that and go, what is it that I'm actually jealous about? Am I jealous about something that's real? Or is it something that perceived? And is this feeding the envy? Instead, think too, what do I actually want my life to look like? And how can I begin to take those first steps? Adventures are accessible everywhere. I think we have to stop looking for the inspiration and listen more deeply to what we actually want to reflect on what can you do on this day, on this week, in this year, that actually will reflect back to you what you hope you can achieve. You don't have to plan some big elaborate vacation or search the internet. I have found that these little doses every quarter of just these mini resets helps me reframe what is it I actually want out of life and how do we begin to practice it. You don't necessarily need to do anything, you just need to be ready to receive it. I hope this episode helps you just notice what is available to us. And as much as we want those big elaborate adventures, you don't have to have them. Try to think back to what nine-year-old version of you wanted and what does joy look like for a nine-year-old. Sometimes we just need to find our inner child and resist the urge to let the outside world draft the scripts that we're telling ourselves, that we don't need to be persuaded by envy or perceptions of a missed out experience. With that, I hope to hear from you either in a written review or connect with me in some way. I love hearing about all of your little adventures, such as Susie's. Thank you so much, Susie, for sending that in. Until next week, let's keep on adventuring found value from today's show. Here are 3 easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. 2. Find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy the show and share this episode. 3. And most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to ordinarysherpa.com/community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.